This is episode number 23 with John Fennick. Welcome to American Snippets, your source for inspirational, motivational, and selfless stories and interviews from exceptional people across the nation. And now, here's your hosts, Barb Allen and Dave Brown. Hey, Dave Brown here from American Snippets. Thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Uh, Before we get to our featured guest, John Fennick, Barbara and I would like for you, we'd like to ask you a favor. Uh, We'd like you to do three things for us, if you don't mind. Uh, You see, our goal here is to provide a meaningful platform that encourages national pride, promotes the American dream, emphasizes the upshot of giving back, and supports all who honorably serve. And for us to get our platform out there and seen and heard by more people, we need your help. And there's three things that you could do to really help us. The first one is to subscribe. Just simply subscribe. So if you're listening to iTunes, hit the subscribe button. You can also visit us at americansnippets.com and subscribe there as well. But the more subscribers we get, uh, the more we'll get seen by other people and discovered. The second thing is to simply just share this with a friend. Tell a friend about our podcast. Let them know what we're doing here. Maybe maybe they'll be inspired and motivated by some of the stories and people that we feature here on American Snippets. So just tell a friend about what we're doing. Tell a friend about the podcast. And number three is to leave us a review. Reviews go a really long way, and it's it's the main re, the main way that we get discovered in iTunes. So leave us a review. Plus, we'd really appreciate your feedback as well. So if you could do those three things, subscribe, tell a friend, and leave us a review, you can really help us you know get our platform out there and our podcast out there seen and heard by more people, and we would really appreciate it. Okay, so that's that. Now on to our featured guest. Look, there are many ways to serve our country, and today's guest has done so both in and out of uniform. John Fennick is a Coast Guard veteran who has never stopped serving his fellow citizens. And today he volunteers his time with the Patriot Guard, a nonprofit dedicated to honoring and serving our veterans. He also donates his time to children with terminal or chronic illnesses, and he loves every minute of it. So listen in as he shares his message with Barb about how volunteering has changed his life. John exemplifies the meaning of patriotism, and we are proud to have him on our show. So here's Barb Allen with John Fennick. Hi, I'm Barb Allen. Welcome to another episode of American Snippets. We are here today with our guest, my friend, John Fennick. He is a Coast Guard veteran. He is our very first Coast Guard veteran we have on American Snippets. So we're, we're busting that door wide open, and you're our inaugural Coast Guard veteran. Um, Anybody who knows me or who follows American Snippets knows that obviously we are very heavy into veterans and what they're doing now and how they're adjusting. And we are especially especially proud of our veterans who come home or finish their service and find a way to continue serving the country. They don't leave their service. When they take off that uniform, they continue to serve in various different capacities. And the Patriot Guard is one of my favorite groups. Um, They started off, yeah, they're great. They're great. They started off as something I didn't know about. Now I know about them. I love them. Our guest today is a Patriot Guard member, among many other things. John, thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk to us today and share your story. My pleasure. So t- let's start a little bit with your service as our first Coast Guard guest. Okay maybe take the opportunity to to expand a little on what Coast Guard service entails, what you did, and why you chose the Coast Guard. Well, I was in the Coast Guard for five years, from 
1984 to 1989. I actually, believe it or not, took the physical for the Marine Corps. And at that time, they actually guaranteed you a specialty once you signed up. And I had signed up and I wanted to go to Ordnance Disposal School to be in the bomb squad. So I took my physical and he says, okay, now it's time to give you, give you your guaranteed training. We go into the computer. He says, oh, he says, EOD is not available. What I have for you is infantry, nuclear weapons assembler, and dispatcher. I said, but that's not what I want. No. So he says, you know, you seem confused. He says, here's my desk. Here's my phone. Make a phone call. So I actually called the Coast Guard recruiter from his office. Oh my and I gosh. told him where I was and what I was doing. He says, I really can't guarantee anything, but I can guarantee you won't be in infantry. I can guarantee you won't be a nuclear weapons assembler, and you won't be a dispatcher. If you want to take a ride, I drove over to his office in Freeport, and I signed up that day. Wow. that I love it when things like that happen. Something, one moment just changes your whole life trajectory. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened there. So what was your service about in the Coast Guard? What was a regular day for you? My first, well, my first six months, I was actually at the Coast Guard Yard in Baltimore, which I hated. I was on a security detail, and it was just, it was, wasn't what I joined the Coast Guard for. So I actually found a gentleman who was on a ship out of New York who didn't want to be on the ship, and we did what's called a mutual swap at no cost to the government. He took my spot in Baltimore, and I took his spot on the ship. Nice. And I went over to the Coast Guard Credit Dallas, which was out of Governor's Island, New York. And we did law enforcement patrols, um, fishery patrols. I spent almost three years on that ship before it went into a refurbishment program. During my time on that ship, the space shuttle challenge, the space shuttle challenger had, you know, the explosion and we were actually the on scene commander for the recovery mission for that. Oh, wow. So that was one of the most noteworthy things I would say. You know, numerous drug interdictions and stuff like that. I went to a lot of nice places. Spent a lot of time in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, unfortunately, because every time we had a drug bus, it seems like we brought them back to Guantanamo Bay. Huh. Uh, or like with the Cuban refugee crisis, we had brought them back to Guantanamo Bay as well. So I spent a lot of time there. From there, when the ship went to refurbishment, they said, you can go anywhere you want. You know, fill out your dream sheet. I filled out Hawaii, uh, Florida, Alaska. And Alaska. I ended up in Kiamong Island. <laughs> so I never left New York in my service in the Coast Guard, with the exception of the six months in Baltimore. Right. And going to Guantanamo Bay. Okay. Right. But we, I, I guess you're forgetting about that part. You just want to forget about that part. I, my time on the ship was the best Was the best yeah. part. In fact, it's funny that two years ago, a bunch of the guys I was on the ship with were all friends on Facebook. And we said, you know what? Why don't we just get together? Awesome. Now, once a year up in Lake George in April, we all get together at one of the guys' houses and we just have a great time. It's story after story, stories I've, I've forgotten. And it's just great to get together with the guys. The first year it was four guys. Last year it was 11. Huh. Next year, I'm sure it'll be more. So it's cool. really fun. It's, so, it's one of the things I really look forward to. Nice. So I remember my first introduction to the Patriot Guard was unfortunately not a very um, happy time for me. It was after my husband had been killed. And I remember my casualty assistance officer was also, I was, I'm very surprised about this to this day. Uh, my casualty assistance officer was not educated in things like that. And he had no idea who the Patriot Guard was. So this is how it was presented to me. He said, hey, Barb, the Patriot Guard wants to escort, escort you all you know, to the service and in between services. 
And I, and I was in a world of confusion and hurt. There was a lot going on. I wasn't really processing things um, well. And, and I said, the patriarch, who's the patriarch? And he says to me, it's a bunch of veterans in leather jackets on motorcycles. And he's like, this is what, he's a bunch of guys in leather jackets on motorcycles. They just want to escort you. I'm pretty sure they're all veterans. And I was like, what the heck? I said, uh, okay, you know, because I really, I, I just didn't want to make an issue of it. But that instead of, like, had I known who the Patriot Guard was and what you all stood for and what you do, I would have walked out and thanked everybody personally. But I thought you were just a bunch of guys in leather jackets <laughs> on motorcycles who were being nice. And that, I still would have said thank you. But instead, I like just waved to you all, you know, as I went and carried on my way. And over the years, I've obviously come to know that Patriot Guard is so much more than that. Um, I, I believe not everybody is necessarily a veteran in Patriot Guard. You don't have to be a veteran. You right. don't have to be a motorcycle. Right. Yes, that's another important part. But what you all do is support any event that involves a veteran, whether it is a happy occasion or sad occasions, you guys are there. You often shield families from protesters, uh, right. such like that. And one of the most remarkable things is in all weather. I have seen you, you guys out there in all weather, whether, um, you know, for my families or when I've stood on the side for other families. And it doesn't matter what no. it is doing outside. You guys are riding those bikes. I don't know how you don't freeze to death when you're doing that in some of the weather. So how did you come about joining the Patriot Guard? And why don't you take a minute and explain it probably a little more eloquently than I just did? Okay. Well, actually, the, this October 27th yeah. was the 12th anniversary of the Patriot Guard. Okay. And, you know, since, oh, wow. since, since our start, it was actually 12 guys in an American Legion post in Kansas who heard about some protesters that were going to show up at a veteran's funeral. And they said, not today. And they showed up on their motorcycles and, um, they shielded the family from the protesters. And then things, you know, progressed where the protesters would show up with bullhorns and, these gentlemen would show up with their motorcycles and just crank the engines up and make a little loud so it would drown them out. Mm -hmm. And then word caught on about, you know, these group of guys that were doing this at veterans' funerals. So more and more, more and more people joined. And now we're, according to our website, more than 300,000 nationwide. Wow. All volunteers. Yeah. Um, how I got involved was when a soldier's remains would come home to JFK, which I work for American Islands at JFK, I was the point of contact for the Patriot Guard because I, I had actually built this cart to put the veteran's casket in. Okay. So I just didn't feel it should have gone in a regular baggage cart. So I built this really nice cart with American flags on it. It's you know, nicely painted. It's only used for that purpose. So I became the point of contact when someone was coming home to make sure I get the cart ready. And I was always out there. And I met a couple of people in the Patriot Guard in doing this. And one of the gentlemen I work with at American Airlines who was in the Patriot Guard says, you need to get more involved. So I said, okay. So I took, I signed up on the website because that's really all it entails. Signing up on the website, there's no dues, there's no meetings. You just sign up and you get mission postings that in your area on such and such a date, you know, here's who we're standing for. And you go yeah. if you can. If you can't, there's no requirements. So my actually first mission was on September 11th of 2007. Yep, 2007. And I took my three children with me at the time. And I just 
you know, you, when you felt like you were welcomed into a family, yeah, that's really what it felt like. I mean, these people had no idea who I was. And I just, I wasn't sure I was staying because I didn't ride a motorcycle. And I'm like, this is might not really be the thing for me because I've only seen them on their motorcycles like, right. like you did. Yeah. But like I said, they just made me feel so welcome. The ride captain, Frank Burns, he's, he just recently passed away, but he was like a father to me almost in the Patriot Guard. And they really are family. I consider them my family. There are those people I would do anything for and vice versa. So I signed up. We went to our first mission. From there, I was sold. It's funny. On the way home, my then 10-year-old daughter says to me, Dad, I have a question. I said, sure. What is it? She says, are you in a gang? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? She says, well, all the motorcycles? I said, no, no, no. I says, I'm in a gang with people who love that country. I said, that's, and, a, that's a great answer because that's yeah. really what it that's all is. And so, and like I said, it's been from, from there moving forward. I mean- now I hold a position on the board of directors. I, I, there's, I just love my time in the Patriot Guard. Is I spent my entire weekend this weekend, even though I got a little bit of a ear thing going on, out in the rain, driving around on the motorcycle. Just mm-hmm. it, that's what I love doing. It's my passion right now. Yeah, and I see the pictures you pop up there. We were talking a little earlier before we hopped on this about the about you taking your kids, and you have this one picture of your son. Um, where he is just beaming, you know, on the bike with the flag in the background. Uh, and it's it's really great to see people involving their children in this because you are passing down that message to them, you know, in a time when we have people kneeling for the flag and um, schools aren't allowed to say this or say that and to see people sort of reversing that trend and bringing your children along into it and, and teaching them that I think is extra cool. At one of the missions we went to on Saturday, um, the gentleman who was like emceeing the event was saying how there's an elementary school here in Riverhead that the oh. children are now taking a knee during the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, my gosh. It, you know what? After you said that, you know, he was talking, but everything seemed like a blur because we had just been at that school for a Patriot Guard mission on October 20th. Wow. A Medal of Honor. The only Medal of Honor recipient from that area is from that school. So once a year, they celebrate him, Garfield Langhorn. So we were there for Garfield Langhorn Day. Meanwhile, two weeks later, we learned that those kids are taking a knee during the Pledge of Allegiance. So Jack is with me. And afterwards, Mm -hmm. I said to Jack, I said, did you hear that? And his words were, that. that's unacceptable. I see. That's great. That's great. But they don't get it. No. And we could could diverge into a whole other topic. But I tend to get (laughs) It's a little heated when we talk about things like that because it makes me really uh, upset and angry. So we're just going to move forward, but we'll go back to that. I think as it keeps coming up, maybe this is something that we should bring into the show and just have a conversation about. But for today, we're going to move into another area because you don't just stop. I say, I always say just in quotes because justice doesn't really apply to people, but it is that word. So you don't stop with the Patriot Guard. You found another way to continue giving back. And this is another thing that I love is sometimes people think that veterans or people who are involved in military um, events or efforts are solely concerned with military and veterans and um, feel like they don't really extend themselves to the rest of the country or feel like maybe civilian population is a little less deserving of your time or efforts and all that. But um, you are someone who displays the exact opposite of that and a, and a good argument or not argument, but a good assurance back to these people who feel that way, that that is not the case, that 
Um, people who serve obviously can, can be involved in veteran organizations, but you continue to look out for people throughout the country as you did when you were serving. And Thank you work with uh, this operation. I call it Magic Flight, but I, I feel like it's what is it? Something Magic? Magic Flight is our marquee event. Magic every year. Flight. Okay. Okay. Something Magic Foundation. Okay. The Something Magic Foundation. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about that and what that is. The Something Magic Foundation is actually comprised of current and former American Airlines employees. We've been around since 1996. And uh, last year was our 20th anniversary of Magic Flight. Magic Flight is the marquee event that once a year, we actually act. We During the year, I should back up. During the year, we, we work with different wish-granting organizations to help them fulfill wishes throughout the year. But once a year on magic flight we actually work as the wish granting organization oh okay okay wish granting organizations then send us their children and we put we cover the cost that one a year and this year we sent 35 families from five different countries down to orlando for a one-week vacation as if they would have gone with make a wish or wish with wings or one of the other six organizations that we support throughout the year Awesome. So that is a way to get American Airlines employees involved in the whole process, because throughout the year we have our, I think we're about 18 or 19 on the board currently, but now at Magic Flight, we get, you know, 500, sometimes 800 American Airlines employees involved throughout the system and celebrating with these kids and just making sure that they have a great time. That is uh, really remarkable, especially when I know that American Airlines already does so much for other causes. So Getting that out there too is a giant corporation, giant entity that is well, doing this and giving back. Believe it or not, it's not really American Airlines. It's it's the Something Magic Foundation that does it. Okay. The only support we get from American Airlines is that they give us the miles to fly oh, to use. Through, okay. Uh, through the miles for kids in need program. Awesome. So these kids, who, who are they? Who are and what are what is the eligibility for this program? They have to meet the qualifications for a wish-granting organization, which means they have to either have a terminal or chronic illness. Okay. And, and so do you personally get to meet these families outside, I, outside I, of that one event? Personally, I meet all of them that travel through JFK. This okay. year we had four. I'm sorry, we had five. We had uh, two originating and three connecting. But on Magic Flight Day, we all fly, we fly the families all down to Orlando together. And then I stay down in Orlando for the following day where we host a party at Give Kids the World Village, which is where the families stay during their time in Orlando. So Something Magic Foundation then hosts a party on that following day for all the families that stay at Give Kids the World. So I get to meet, you know, those kids and more kids that are staying there. All of them. So how is that meeting, meeting those families and those kids? This is a, this is a happy time for them, right? In spite of whatever it is that they're going through. For these it, few days, it's a happy time. They say Disney is the happiest place in the world. Believe it or not, Give Kids the World Village is the happiest place in the world. Yeah. I mean, uh, I could go on and on about that place. I, I, the, the magic happens in that place. I really believe it does. So their day, they get their other planned events for these kids and their families, or they just come and do their own thing? Well, the village has their plan. Actually, they run through the week of every night is a different holiday. So there's Christmas, there's Easter, there's Halloween. So that's their theme each night. That's cool. So the kids are there for a week and they basically go through a a week full of holidays every night. Santa's there, you know, trick-or-treating, all that fun stuff goes on during their week. 
So there is that for them. Plus, once they get there, they get given a packet with all the the park passes and all that okay. stuff. So they go there at whatever days that they want to. Right. If they choose the you know the Magic Kingdom today and SeaWorld tomorrow, it's all up to them how they want to do it. But they're given the passes for those days that they're there. Nice. And what is the general age range of these kids? They have to be under 18. Under 18. Okay. Yeah. So is there, is there a family or a child or an event or a special a moment that you've been doing this that stands out in your memory? I am so glad, I am so glad you asked me this question. I'm so glad you're glad. <laughs> and it wasn't actually from a magic flight. Okay. Although I've had some amazing kids from magic flight. I'm, I'm friends with their parents on Facebook. I, you know, I get updates on the kids all the time. I went up to Rochester last, um, last year and no, I'm sorry, two years ago in June. And I met with my friend, Clara, who is just an amazing little, little girl. So I've made some really good relationships, just like in the Patriot Guard. Yeah. Unfortunate circumstances have led me to amazing relationships with amazing people that I, I never would have gotten had not been for this volunteering. But I want to talk to you about a, a little boy named Billy. Okay. I'm not going to say his last name. Yeah. But. Yeah. We also have something else called the Wish Enhancement Program with the Something Magic Foundation. It was actually, when I got onto the board, you have to actually say in your resume what you want to do. So I had put down that I know that once a year during Magic Flight, we make a big deal out of these families traveling. But there has to be families traveling throughout the year that really nobody does anything about. So somebody said, well, yeah, that's what, those are called the Wish Enhancements. I said, well, we don't do them at JFK. I'd like to do it at JFK. So I set up this program, kind of like a VIP service, I call it where I contacted the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Metro New York and I told them what I wanted to do. So they send me a list every month and up, updated you know, throughout the month in case there's a last minute wish that comes up. And they'll let me know who the family is traveling, their contact information. So what I do first is I'll contact the family the day before, let them know my name, here's my phone number, any questions on traveling, because a lot of times these families, it's their first time traveling. Oh. And what we do is we set up um, a place to meet in front of the terminal. We expedite them through the check-in process. We waive their bag fees. We put them on the first-class upgrade list. We nice. expedite through security up to the Admiral's Club where they have some food. They are then brought down to the gate. We make a gate announcement announcing, you know, this is Billy and this is his wish. And we, you know, detail all that to all the passengers. Please you know, wish them a well um a good flight. Everybody gives a nice round of applause. We bring him down to the plane. He meets the captain, he or she, we take some pictures and then they're off. But there was this one little boy. In fact, he's the only one that made me cry. Uh-oh. But they believe it or not, they were tears of joy. But his name was Billy. Billy had a lot going on. He wasn't very steady on his feet. So he sat in a, what I, what I would describe as an industrial style stroller. And uh, he couldn't go through the x-ray machine because of, um, I believe it might have been a pacemaker they installed in him. So we had to go around the machine. He had to be hand-searched. So it was myself and Billy and Billy's nurse that were at the security checkpoint just past the machines. And the TSA security guard is, you know, he's like patting him down, moving, moving him around and whatnot. And Billy keeps looking over his left-hand shoulder. And I kept thinking, what is he looking at? And he kept looking and he kept looking. And all of a sudden, this kid who, like I said, was not very steady on his feet, he pops out of his stroller and turns around. 
and there was an American flag right at the checkpoint. And he stands in the straightest attention that he possibly could, and he puts his hand over his heart. And I said to his nurse, what is he oh doing? My gosh. She's like, he loves the American flag. He's doing the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I fall out of my eyes. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. That... This was five years ago. How and old was he? I, oh God. Roughly. Younger. Nine, nine or 10. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So did you talk to I, him about that? Did you say? We did. Yeah. He doesn't speak. He's not, he, he doesn't speak well. So, okay. but we, we could definitely communicate through eyes. And we, I, I told him how proud of, him, uh, proud of him I was. I was giving him hugs and everything. I actually brought them back the following March for our Medal of Honor send-off. Nice. Because the Patriot Guard is there. All the flags are there. I thought this could be a great thing for Billy. Okay. And he had a good old time. In fact, there's some pictures on my Facebook of that, too. Nice. He is the one kid that really sticks out of my mind, especially because of my tie with the veterans as well. I mean, he just... Yeah, that's really cool. It's just, it was over the top for me. Well, like I said, the only one to make me cry. Is him. Yeah. Well, you know, that's good because there should be that one moment, you know, that one event or person that really yep. sticks with you. And there, that's something that sometimes I can drive you forward to, to oh, yeah. keep doing it, you know, and maybe on those days where it's a little harder to get up or get out and you think of that one person and, and, and you go do it. So. Let me ask you then, there are a lot of people out there hanging out, um, doing our own thing and always say like, I don't have the time. I, I would do this. I would volunteer for that. I would give efforts for this, but I don't have the time or I can't afford to, or I'm too busy or there's just nothing out there that suits me. Or, you know, what would you say to those people to encourage them to take that time to to find that outlet for them to, to give back in their own community. You have to find what's important to you. This is important to me. I, I believe it or not, I, I was not into this whole volunteer thing. So I'm probably the, the best argument for this. Yeah. Because you volunteer at everything. That's how I met you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 11 years ago, I had a heart attack oh my and God. I sat up that night in my bed and I said to myself, what if I've, what have I accomplished besides going to work? I'm working two jobs. I'm not doing anything for anybody except myself and providing for my family, but is that really enough? So I said, I got to find a way to give back. And that's when I found out about Snowball Ex Express because my heart attack was in October. Snowball was in December. So somebody works says, you know, why don't you check out this whole Snowball Express thing? This is the first year of it. I'm like, okay. And you may have been there that year, but I don't really remember much of the first year because yeah, it, was, we it was like, like a blur. But then year after year, I'm watching your four boys grow up, Maria Wiener's girls. I mean, I mm -hmm. we've become all close because I've watched your kids grow up. Yeah. And, you know, Snowball Express then turned into, hey, somebody says, you should check out this magic flight thing in September next year. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and here we are. So you got to find what makes you happy. Yeah. And what <laughs> is that? So you said you started to say, you know, how you had had that moment and you thought about what you had been doing with your life or not doing it with your life. And, and I'm asking you this, and I'm going into a little deeper because this okay. is a lot of the people who we, who we reach. Sometimes we talk to at our events or, um, you know, we reach out and, and work with, we do outreach to, to people who are looking for that something to help them find that fulfillment in their life that they're missing. So, um, giving back and in that outlet, I mean, did you, 
you you sort of stumbled into Snowball Express and then the rest of it. But what what has that done for you in terms of looking back at that guy 11 years ago? What would you I am a different person 11 years ago. Yeah. So it's worth it. Oh, absolutely. Some days I'm exhausted. Yeah, I bet. that's okay. And taking your children and introducing them to that too. Do you feel like your children are going to become these people that also look for ways to give back on their own once they're out and about? My kids have been coming to give kids the world with me for that party on the following day after Magic Flight, seven years now. It's a family event for us. In fact, this year was the first year we didn't go as a family, and I was devastated. And it was because of the whole thing with the hurricane down in Florida. Right. The flights were so full, we actually had to get – we normally fly standby to get down there with the families. Okay. But they actually had to buy me a ticket so I can be sure to get down there. Right. And the planes were so oversold, I couldn't get my family down do there. Couldn't get the hotels down there. So this is the first year we didn't do it together, and it was not fun. No. It's fun to be doing it with my family. Nice. And they enjoy doing it. Yeah, because that's good. That's that, that you can see that in the pictures. Yeah. He loses his mind. <laughs> that's cool it's, though. That's cool. We do this together. I mean, this this is a family thing. Nice. My girls have, you know, been to Patriot Guard missions. They've stood out there. I got a picture of my girls standing on a mound of snow two feet high at a Patriot Guard mission in Calverton. I mean, it's just it's what we do. Awesome. So I'll wrap it up then and ask you to tell people if they want to find out more about something magic, uh, where can they go and how can they get involved on their own? They can go to our website, which is something magic. It's magic with two A's. Magic.org. Okay. Um, You really can't get involved. Well, you actually can get involved if you golf. We have our, uh, our third annual golf outing. This coming Monday, actually, on the 13th in, in Dallas, Texas, at a Trophy Club golf course. Uh, you can get involved as a sponsor. You get involved as a golfer. Okay. Uh, if you want to help us with money, money always helps. There's a donate page on our Something Magic page. Okay. But as far as volunteering, it's that's mostly American Strictly Airlines. American Airlines, right. So, But even if they want to share the stories and encourage other people to, to maybe, like you said, to become a sponsor, to Absolutely. donate. Yep. Every little bit helps. Or maybe if they know a family who they feel is eligible for that, they can yep. s- can the family apply through that website? The family actually has to go to a wish granting organization. Oh, to a wish granting. Okay. Right. And then in uh, June or July, we solicit those wish granting organizations say, do you have any families okay. that are looking to travel to Orlando um, for the attractions at Orlando okay. the, week, uh, the second week of September? And they give us those families and then we take it from there. Nice. All right. Well, thank you again so much for taking the time to do this. All right. There you have it. That wraps up another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much again for joining us today. Look, this this episode came at a great time because just like John is so rewarded in volunteering his time, uh, doing doing that, donating your time, volunteering, giving to charity – uh, is a really powerful thing, and it's it's timely with the holiday season coming up upon us. I mean, we could all be doing a little bit more. And not only does it make an impact in in the lives of others, but it is so rewarding too when you take those steps and 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 take that action and give back and volunteer, whether it's money or or just simply donating your time. So we're going to be sharing some some ways that other people across our country are are uh, taking this this opportunity during the holiday season to give back. 
to pay it forward, to do something for someone else selflessly. And we encourage you to do the same this holiday season as well. So again, we appreciate you being here. Um, Stay tuned because we have a lot of great episodes coming up. And again, uh, just like I mentioned earlier before we got started here, if you could do those three things for us, we'd be very grateful. It would definitely help us uh, get the word out about our platform. And that is subscribe, tell a friend, and leave us a review. So until next time, this is American Snippets. We are living, defending, and promoting the American dream. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. See you next time.